This is FBG Jen and FBG Kristen. And I'm FBG Margot, host and producer. You're listening to the podcast that will help you keep a lid on the junk in the trunk and inspire you to live a happy and confident life. Each episode, we chat with motivational experts and celebs and share our own candid adventures in being healthy. If you're looking for a podcast that's equal parts hilarious and enlightening, well then welcome to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. Hey, hey everyone, it's FBG Margot, and you're listening to a new year, new rear, Fit Bottom replay of some of our favorite must-listen episodes. These are the interviews that'll give you insight, info, and inspiration to make this year your healthiest, happiest, and most awesome. And these episodes are going to be sponsored by our favorite all-natural deodorant line, Inspire Bath. In fact, for every bottle you purchase, they donate one to help build and empower women and girls at shelters and interim homes. Get yours and help give back at InspireBath.com. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. This is FBG Margot, and on the line today we have Jen. Hey guys, and we have Kristen. Hi, hi everyone. So today we spoke to Michelle Tam of Nom Nom Paleo, and it was a really fun discussion. She is so smart and so interesting. She has a science background, and she's just a really, really cool lady. And she gives great answers to the questions that we have today. But I think something we wanted to bring up before we go into the interview is that you guys know the FBGs are not about diets, and we don't think diets work. So we prefer to think of this more of like an eating lifestyle and how you eat. And Jen, do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, totally true, Margot. I would love to. Yeah. So, and I, I don't know, I use kind of myself as a little bit of an example. And I know Margot, you've done some paleo eating too. You know, I always are saying just kind of like choose what works best for your body and try different things. So I'm probably like, yeah, I used to be like 80% paleo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm probably more like 40% paleo at 100% gluten free because that's what like my body feels really, really good at. Mm-hmm. But being paleo, quote unquote, like strict paleo is people think it's kind of like all about eating meat. And I think Michelle does a really great job of explaining the difference between the true paleo diet versus kind of a meat-centered paleo diet. But for paleo, you you don't eat any grains. So that means you don't eat, eat any gluten grains, but you also just don't eat any non-gluten grains either. So like rice is a non-gluten grain. You don't eat that. So no grains, no dairy, no really heavily processed foods at all because those are always going to have dairy in it or sugar or grains usually. Sugar. Yeah, no processed sugar. And then no legumes. So that means no beans, no nuts. And that is, you know, for a lot of people, you tell them, like, you cut out those things and people are like, what the hell do you eat then? You know, (laughs) common response. And for me, I kind of got into toying around with trying some paleo stuff because my mom has a a severe gluten intolerance, which we believe had, like, led her to the hospital before with pain. And so I started eating kind of in camaraderie with her, like, just you know, not eating gluten around her and being like, oh, there's ways to, you know, enjoy sandwiches and different, you know, without, without the bread or whatever. And then I realized that like, whenever I was eating with her, I was feeling a lot better. So I was like, huh, that's interesting. 
So again, not like in the diet sense, but in just like the, okay, my body is an experiment. I'm just kind of seeing how this goes. And so we started doing that, started feeling better. And then I had lots of fertility issues. And in a lot of ways, sometimes gluten and other inflammation in the body and other issues that can be caused by nutritional things that your body just doesn't handle very well can be sometimes the cause of unexplained infertility. So my husband and I were like, okay, well, let's get serious about this. And we cut out, um, we did like a paleo challenge for 30 days. And it was just really enlightening. You want to eat like basically more fruits and vegetables. But once we did a 30-day paleo challenge, I didn't get like immediately pregnant. I did feel better, but I did miss kind of like some more of those carbs other than just like sweet potatoes. So I started mixing in non-gluten grains. And then I did decide, though, that I could tell specifically that like too much gluten really did just completely throw me out of whack. So I completely ruled um, gluten out of my diet. And in no way did it feel like then, I think I've been strictly gluten-free for three years now, then and now, it never feels like I'm missing out on anything. It never feels like I'm depriving myself. And that's really because, and this is what I recommend to other people, is that it's really because I made that decision based on how I want to feel. And like now I've decided like, oh, it's okay for me to not be 100% paleo because it feels okay for me not to do that. But it doesn't feel okay for me to eat gluten. That is not okay. (laughs) Right. So again, it's not about, it's not about weight loss, really just about feeling your best and finding that approach. And for a lot of people that especially have unexplained energy issues or health issues, like some people have had amazing results with cutting those things out of the way they eat. What was your experience like? Margo? Yeah. So it was was similar thing. I was just feeling kind of tired and, you know, I teach a lot and I'm like, I I consider myself a fit person and I know a lot about, I I thought I knew a lot about food and nutrition, but I was getting over 40 and weight was starting to come on and my energy was flagging and I wasn't feeling good about myself. And then I started going to fit blogging conventions and fitness. I became a fitness blogger and go to these conventions and I would run into people who are kind of like around my age and kind of my background. And there was a couple that looked really good from like a six-month period. And I said, what are you doing? And they, they, all of them said, paleo, 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 paleo. It's completely changed my energy level, everything. And I thought the same thing. Well, I don't want to sit around and eat meat all the day, and I can't give up cheese. How can I give up cheese? You know what? I just did. Right. You know, and it, it just, it was day by day by day. But the best thing for me is I, it's the hashtag JERF, J-E-R-F. It's just eat real food. I try not to eat anything yeah. out of a box or a bag. And I make my own meals. I started making my own meals every day versus running out and grabbing lunch and dinner. And cooking for myself felt really good and nourishing. And I, when you cook for yourself, you don't put any crap in your food. You just put the stuff you need. And I just felt so much better. I have my moments where I slip, you know, here and there. I mean, last night I had chips and salsa and I was going to have some chips and damn salsa. No one was going to tell me. Right. No, you know, it's just, that's the way it is. But it just, for me. And that's moderation. Yeah, it's moderation. And <laughs> Balance. It's, yeah. Exactly. So that's, so for me, yeah, that, so that's why it works for me. But like Michelle said, she eats Michelle Tam. She says, I have rice. You know, she has other things on her, you know, and potatoes sometimes. It's like, it's not that strict, but you know, we all know that paleo people who are super strict and they're kind of annoying like all these years later they're still like nope 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 you know never touch a baked potato like oh come on <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like life without wine mm. no like yeah mm. yeah that didn't do but, well for me. yeah <laughs> but hey you know if that's but you know let's be real like if that's what works for them and that's what feels good yeah right then you know awesome and i don't know like i 
because I have not ever gone paleo or even paleo ish. Mm-hmm. Now I, I always find it really interesting to like that you guys with you guys sharing your stories because everybody comes at it from like their own place. I don't think most people are just like, you know what? I think today I'm going to start eating like a caveman. Like that just seems right. like a thing that I should do. Like right. there's always a reason behind it. So I, I love hearing about that and hearing why people make that decision because it's not one to be taken lightly. No, no. We are talking about stuff that you're putting into your body and then using it as fuel. So you should take yep. it seriously. And so, yeah, it was the same thing. Like when I first heard about it, paleo in the beginning, I'm like, Oh, caveman diet. That's not so stupid. That's so lame. You know, it's just a, it's just a fad. But like I said, I started seeing people going on and then a few months later, they look amazing. You know, it's, it can be a little limiting sometimes, will, I, but yeah. Eating out, like eating out's easier than it used to be, but it, that's still kind of a challenge. But mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's a really like, I find, I found that it was such a nourishing way to eat. I like stopped being as hungry because mm-hmm. every time I would sit down to eat something, I would be like, okay, I need vegetables. I need protein. I, I need fat. And I added so much more good fat to my diet. Mm-hmm. And that just, for me, that it was just clear that my years and years of eating quote unquote healthy and a low fat diet, like just made me ravenous and yep. what's giving my body the nourishment that it needed. And so when I added in, when I upped my protein a little bit, and then um, I really add, like I eat so much more fat than I ever used to, and I feel really good, and I don't have as many cravings. My workouts feel better. It's just like weight just kind of maintains itself pretty easily. Mm-hmm. I would say if well, anyone- that's a whole eating real food thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I would say if anyone's like super into like the science side of paleo, Rob Wolf's book, Paleo Solution does, it is very research driven and very science driven and it goes a deep dive into all the nutritional science on it. And it's really fascinating if you're into that kind of thing. But Kristen, I would love to hear since, I mean, a vegan or like vegetarian diet is, I feel like there's like this difference where people think that, you know, paleo, you only eat meat and then vegans and vegetarians like are complete opposites. But I see so many different similarities, especially between vegans and paleo people because it's plant-based. Yeah. Yeah. It's plant-based. There's no dairy, you know, so it's weird, but together, like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, I, I do think that there are some really big similarities. That being said, I think that it is, it's, it would definitely be quite a challenge to follow a vegan diet and make it paleo strictly because of the removal of the legumes. Yeah. Um, I think that that, you know, because for me and I, I don't follow a vegan diet. I I do eat a lot of vegan meals, but, um, I, I'm, I'm vegetarian with some seafood thrown in. So pescatarian, if you're feeling feisty, but yeah, I mean, it's really about creating your meals around plants and whole foods that exist in nature and, you know, are recognizable on your plate as such. So, you know, and then paleo obviously includes meat, whereas with, um, with vegans, you're going to see <laughs> right, right. not so much meat. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I think with, it's kind of interesting because I think with both, let's call them communities, because really it, it yeah. they kind of are, you know, they, they really extend to a lifestyle as well. And whereas paleo, I think often, you know, you see a lot of it in CrossFit and a lot mm-hmm. of it in, um, you know, in lifting and stuff. But there really is quite the the vegan movement um, within, uh, especially like endurance athletes and stuff. Yeah. You see a lot of people who are really making that work for them. And then, you know, it's also a matter of with, with veganism, you know, you might not, uh, you might 
choose to not have leather as something that's in your, in your house or your life or you, you know, and things like you might not have honey. And, you know, so I, I think that that's kind of where the similarities are is that community and that lifestyle feel. And then, you know, just the fact that, yeah, I mean, really what we're focusing on is eating a lot of, you know, a lot of food that's really minimally processed and is totally recognizable as what it was when it came out of the ground or off the tree or I don't know other farming terms there. <laughs> Have you heard about um I don't know if there's a word for it. I don't know if they've I'm sure they've someone's created a term for it, but like oh, yeah. vegans who are vegan but they're adding in like fish occasionally. Um well, I know that I mean that's like a thing. I don't know. Yeah, so well I, uh, that's hard to I'm sure that, yes, there's a specific term for it. A lot of people, I think, would consider it pescatarian. Yeah. Um, and probably, I don't know, what would that be then? Like, non-ovo, non-lacto pescatarian? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's basically pescatarian without... Yeah, so sure. I guess that's probably what it would be. Or, you know, you could also consider it flexitarian, where you know, oh, you're following a vegan diet or a vegetarian diet 90% of the time or whatever, or you know, less, whatever you want to do. Um, and then incorporating some sort of meat as, as you see fit. And again, going back to what feels good for your body and, you know, what feels good, you know, also for your mind, because there's some, for a lot of people, there's ethics involved in that decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, a lot of people do the Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, because uh, Kristen, you and I are big time animal lovers and well, you, you Mm -hmm. too, Jen. And yeah, you know, we like our four-footed friends or furry friends and and so there there is that consideration too and you know i have my dilemmas believe me at times about that yeah that there's environmental concerns i mean there's absolutely it's a lot you know but i do think like to the to your point like about the flexitarian like really it sounds like all three of us are kind of kristen's a christentarian and i'm a genitarian and it's a margotarian like you find your way of eating that works best for you and sometimes that doesn't always fall into an easy label because it, it changes based on what you need and what's working. Yep. Yeah, totally. And I, but I mean, if I could say anything, just learning to make your own meals will make you so much healthier, seriously. And I know cooking is scary to some people or they think it's expensive or they think it's so time consuming and like cooking can be so easy, you know, it's just it's veggies, you know, coming up with your own sauces and stuff like you, you can really learn to take some pleasure in it and you'll eat so much healthier. And when you're eating healthy, you're going to feel so much better and you're going to be spending less money, like going out to buy your lunch every day. That's crazy. I mean, it gets yeah. expensive. You have no, no idea what they put in those sandwiches and the soups wherever, wherever you go. So I know that we weren't really preparing to share this, but now that we're talking about this and how we really have found what works for us and how we all, you know, make our own stuff. Do you guys have like a really simple go-to meal that you make when you're like, I need good for me food. I need it to be quick and easy. I don't want to think about it a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but I just, I need this for dinner. Is there like a specific one that you really, really love? That's like, that's like five days out of the week for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of, um, Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's has the best frozen vegetable mixes ever. And yeah. they, they do a really good job. You just don't use the sauce that they put it in there, but yeah, yeah, I take those and then pick a protein and little olive oil and, you know, garlic sometimes or curry, whatever. It's so easy. Like I said, it can do it in under half an hour and it's so tasty and delicious. That's for mm. me. 
That sounds good. Yeah. Um, I do salads a lot, but sometimes it doesn't yeah. seem like it's a lot of chopping. Like, I'll be like, oh, my God, I chop for, like, 15 minutes. That's too much. One of the things that I will do for dinner a lot is my husband and I make fish tacos all the time. Or we have two different versions. I eat, we eat a lot of shredded cabbage. Like, almost every week I buy, like, four bags of shredded cabbage from Trader Joe's. Because I find that's really good. You can saute it uh-huh. and mix it with, like uh, – almond nut butter, like coconut aminos, whatever, and kind of get like a soy saucy kind of thing out of it. Oh, yeah. um, you can just put like seafood on top of or whatever and kind of almost make it like a pad thai. The other thing I do is leave the shredded cabbage raw, add uh, wasabi mayo, which is also sold at Trader Joe's, uh-huh. with mango, and then put fish on top. And then you can either have that in a bowl or you could have it in like a collard green or you can have it in like a corn tortilla or a flour tortilla, whatever your jam is. And then on, gosh, sometimes when I'm like just like a crazy day where I'm like, I just need to have like a lunch and I don't have any time, I will literally just take like pieces of nitrate-free um, deli turkey with slices of avocado and put like olive or avocado or walnut oil on it with pepper, with like crack, cracked pepper and roll it up and eat that. And it like, it's filling, it's super fast and it's got a lot of nutrition in it. Maybe with some like red bell pepper strips on the side, if I have those cut up, mm. just like baby carrots out of the bag. I'm the queen of like, I have no time. <laughs> oh my God, I'm hungry. Yeah. Where's the food? What about you, Kristen? Yeah. So probably my number one quick go-to is sweet potatoes with, like, a black bean and veggie mix. Mm-hmm. So I'll saute black beans with some, ideally with, like, some chopped onions and maybe chilies and adobo. And usually I just put, like, a shit ton of kale in there, some sort of greens so that it ups the ups the nutrition there. And, uh, yeah, like, I'll saute that, get a – oh, also garlic. Always garlic. Always garlic. Um, always. Oh, always, always garlic. So I'll saute that. I'll bake the sweet potato and then take the potato out and kind of mix it in with all of that. Throw some avocado on top. And if I'm feeling real fancy, maybe some um, Greek yogurt. Yeah. Dollop of that on the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just like it's so good. It's super easy. And if I usually if I do that, it ends up making like two or three servings worth Yeah. if I get a big potato. So then I've got, you know, my meal for then, and then it, it warms up. Re- well, not the avocado. Don't reheat the avocado, but the rest of it, <laughs> yeah, or the green yogurt, <laughs> but the rest of it heats up really, really well. So it's worth kind of, you know, spending 15 minutes on it, which is not a huge amount of time, but, you know, chopping up the onion and stuff. It's totally worthwhile because then you've got really delicious stuff left for a few days. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever try the cauliflower rice at Trader Joe's? Yes. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. It is good. I, mean, I will warn you, don't eat too much of it. <laughs> I know. I know. Trust me. I know. It'll keep like, you regular. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But the, and also at Whole Foods where I am, they actually have spiralized, they ran out of it last Saturday, which made me nuts, but they have spiralized butternut squash, zucchini, beets, and, um, I forget the, and, and spaghetti squash and spiralized. So you just, wow. cook, yeah, you just cook it and you can cook it with tomato sauce or just olive oil and garlic or whatever, and just throw a protein in there, maybe some mushrooms and onions. It is yeah. crazy delicious. And I'm, I don't know how to use my spiralizer. It's just too much work. I would just rather buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another like easy. Uh, we'll have a do. lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Wait until Gwen's like a little bit older. Cause I think she'll have so much fun with like, Twisting the crank on the spiralizer oh, to sure. get. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be 
we're not quite there yet. No. The the only thing, like the only complaint I have about my kitchen in the house that I I moved in here, what like a year and a half ago, like I have these these countertops that I really love. I think they're really pretty. They're like granite, but they're kind of unfinished looking. But they're not smooth enough for my spiralizer to stick onto. So I was like, oh, if I had thought about that when, before we moved in, I mean, I probably still would have bought the house, but. Hashtag um, FBG probs. That's serious. <laughs> oh, FBG prob. Oh my God. That should be a post one day. FBG probs. That's oh. a FBG prob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you're the half glass top scope. Do the so, for you. so it can spiralizer. Yes. <sighs> so you should probably, I would think, maybe plug fit bottom deets at this point because if people yes. need more the recipe, I- <laughs> Stuff. We have a whole website called Fitbot. We sure do. We sure do. <laughs> so yeah, we talk about spiralizers. We do. And, we do. There's um, great recipes. Yeah, you cauliflower rice. There, a cauliflower. There, we have Pinterest page with like great recipes on there. Like that's a great idea. Follow us on Twitter at Fitbottom Eats. We have and are we? It's also on Instagram as well, right? With recipes. Um, I don't share a lot of recipes. Well, some recipes. But okay. Instagram is <laughs> if I don't drive you nuts and you think that it would be fun to see some behind the scenes, that would be a lot of the fit bottom to eats um, <laughs> Instagram. It's awesome. Page. And like when and like when I travel and stuff, I'm always sharing the food that I'm eating. So I have a good time on it. I love Instagram. Um, okay, guys. So what? Let's say we just dive right into this interview with Michelle Tam. You guys. Nom 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 nom. nom. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. We're very excited today. We have a super special guest. Contrary to popular belief, Michelle Tam's Chinese name is not Nom Nom Paleo. She is, however, the cheeky food nerd behind the award-winning blog and best-selling iPod app by that name. And when she's not cooking or writing, Michelle can be found chasing after her two young sons. She earned a nutrition and food science degree from the University of California, Berkeley, and a doctorate of pharmacy from the University of California at San Francisco. She is a big fan of trashy reality TV shows and was once blacklisted from a call-in radio contest because she won too often. I can't wait to talk to her. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Hello. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, we're very excited to have you. So this is Margo, and on the line today we have Jen. Hey, guys. And we have Kristen. Hi. <laughs> so, Michelle, um, if it's okay, I'm going to ask the first question. Sure. I, I am a big, big fan of your iPod at iPad app, excuse me. It got me through my first few months of paleo. You know, I, I dove right in and, and your recipe for paleo mayonnaise is the best, by the way. And when I first went paleo, so many of my friends just questioned why I was joining a fad diet. I'm making quotation marks and scoffed that I had really no real reason to exclude gluten from my diet. So how do you answer the naysayers who claim grain free living is just a fad? Well, I mean, I can totally understand because there are a lot of people who do jump into paleo as just kind of like a 30-day detox, and then they go back to whatever they were doing before. But for me, I think of it as like a lifestyle change. Like, I, I wasn't feeling great. I had a muffin top. I was tired and cranky. I had achy joints, had all these gut issues, and I thought it was all part of just getting older. Um, but then when I tried going paleo, I just felt so much better. And, you know, for me, I'm not like this crazy paleo purist. Like, you know, I, I think it's important to be mindful of what you're eating and to pay attention to what you're putting in your mouth. Um, but, you know, I eat potatoes, I eat rice, I eat all these things that, you know, aren't technically paleo, but 
you know, it works for me. And I think what everyone needs to do is just figure out what works for them and, you know, kind of go with it because it's, it has to be sustainable and you have to want to keep doing it for the rest of your life. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I think of it. Very cool. <laughs> but I've been doing it for a while. So like, I think when I first started, I was like a super paleo evangelist. You know, I started my blog and stuff and I was like super strict about stuff. And I was like this really annoying paleo <laughs> police person. But now I'm like, no, you know, you do you and I'll do me. And, you know, some people can eat, you know, a lot more different things than I can. But, you know, you got to just figure out what works for you. And I think paleo really is finding out how you can eat as expansively as possible and know what your limits are. You know, I don't think it's about like limiting to as little as you can eat because that's not fun at all. And, you know, what that that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. That would totally suck. Yeah. I like that. You do you. I'll do me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Totally. Um, I am also like your cookbook. Huge fan. Your first Thank cookbook. You. Love it. Short ribs, the cauliflower rice, like all of it. Like so wonderful. And we hear that you have a new cook cookbook coming out. So I would love to hear just, you know, when it's going to be out, what we can expect of it. Like give us all the details. Okay, well, I feel like we've been working on it forever because our, our our first cookbook came out December 2013. And I think kind of since then, we've slowly been kind of working on this next cookbook. But our next cookbook is coming out in August 2017. And right now, the working title is Ready or Not at Nom Nom Paleo because we feel that whether you are ready or not, you should be able to cook something delicious. And so, you know, we've kind of broken up the book in, in, you know, in terms of readiness. So, you know, you might have a ton of time, like on a weekend day to make a bunch of, you know, sauces or make ahead meals. And so we have a whole section on that. And then we have another section where because you kind of prepared ahead, you have all these really awesome, like leftover makeovers. So that's in the kind of ready section. And then we have a whole section when you're not ready. And that's when you're coming home after like dropping off your kids at like 5 million different things. And it's like 645, everybody's hungry and you have nothing prepared ahead of time. Like what can you make? And so we're hoping that no matter what situation you're in, you'll be able to make something delicious. And I think some people are naturally like procrastinators and never plan ahead. And so hopefully this book will kind of give them ideas on how you can kind of do that. And then other people are super planners. And so when they don't have everything in place, they're totally paralyzed and they don't think they can make dinner. And so then they can kind of um, peek in the not ready section. So we're just hoping that this will help people, you know, just cook their food. Because I think that's, you know, ultimately that's the most important thing is just cooking your own meals. Um, because then you're in control of what you're putting in your body and you know what you're eating. And I think it's just a... You know, I think it's it's a habit that, you know, and I'm totally guilty of this because, as you had mentioned in the intro, like, I used to be a night shift pharmacist. You know, I have two kids. I'm, like, running this blog and stuff. And I was like, I have no time to cook. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> right. Yeah. But it it is, like, this basic – it really is a basic need. It's like brushing your teeth or flossing your teeth. Like, it needs to be this habit that people, you know – incorporate into their lives again um, as like a regular thing that that kind of happens automatically. And so we're hoping to make it as fun and as easy as possible. 
you know, we have step-by-step um, pictures for every single recipe. We have like funny little jokes and cartoons. And so we're really hoping that it, it just makes it a lot easier for, you know, people or for families to just cook again. I love that. I think there is something empowering, too, when you do know how to cook healthy meals, kind of like no matter what your week throws at you, like how prepared or unprepared you are, you're just like, you're, I mean, you're taking charge of your health by being like, I can make a healthy and delicious meal. I mean, that's, that's a good feeling to have. You know, I have that yeah. skill set. Yay. But mm-hmm. it, it takes education and practice and, you know. No, it totally takes practice, and I think people don't realize it. I think they think, look, I tried this recipe, I spent all this money, and I bought all this grass-fed stuff and organic stuff, and it turned out disgusting, and I'm never going to cook again. And that's unfortunate, and I totally understand why they would be discouraged, but cooking is like anything else. You just have to you have to work at it, and you have to practice it, and by practicing, you'll get better, and eventually, it'll become second nature. But because nobody cooks anymore, and you know, a lot of people didn't grow up in households where you know their parents told them how to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's something that you you have to make time for. And I I had to learn that myself. Totally. Yeah. So, okay. So, I really like that. You know, this is something that this book is something that is going to work for, you know, for people who know what they're doing and people who don't but would like to. You know, I think that that's, that covers all of us. Um, and there are just, like, so many people get really intimidated by the idea of not necessarily cooking, but of meal planning and of doing, like, dedicated meal prep. And yeah. I'm going to admit, like, I'm a little bit of one of those people like I can plan things out but I have a really hard time getting myself to set aside time like on on a Sunday to prep things for the week so what advice do you have for people who just look at that and think like oh my gosh how am I going to set aside all of this time do they have to do that do you have tips for figuring out like what works for you I, I don't know. That's a really open no, question. I, and I'm sorry. But. No, and I and you know everything you're saying. Like I'm, I'm exactly like you. Like I am not someone who sets aside time. Like there are lots of um, Instagrammers and Snapchatters that I follow who are like, today I'm going to prep like a million different things on Sunday. I'm like, wow, you're so great. <laughs> yes, I admire them so much. They do, and I, but I understand, and I, and I kind of want to get in that place, but I don't think you necessarily have. to to do that. I think for certain people, that is how they kind of thrive. And by having everything set and having everything kind of boxed in, um, you know, like separate meals in their fridge just makes life totally easier for them. But for me, I actually kind of like flying by the seat of my pants. And I make the excuse that, you know, I'm always creating new stuff for the blog and and stuff that I just don't have time to meal plan, which is BS. Um, (laughs) But, but I mean, that, I think that's what this book, this new book forced me to do is that I actually created four weeks of meal plans that tell you exactly what to do. And so all I did in this book, and I kind of thought about how much time I would have as like a busy mom. I was like, well, I can probably on Sunday, I can make my dinner for Sunday. And then I can probably make two other things that I can repurpose throughout the week. And then I show on like, Monday and Tuesday with the things that you already made. These are some simple twists that you can convert that original meal into something totally new and different and tasty. And then by the end of the week, here's like a quick stir fry that you can make because, you know, food doesn't really, I mean, I think everyone's like, oh, you can cook all week, 
but you know, for kind of food safety stuff, you aren't supposed to be eating the same thing for like two weeks straight. Like Mm -hmm. you can only kind of keep stuff in the fridge, I think for like four days or whatever the max is. And unless you're super diligent about putting stuff in the freezer, taking it out and, you know, having enough time for it to, you know, defrost, like that's not going to work. So the way I kind of made out my four weeks of meal plans is I was like, okay, you probably have more time like on a Sunday to kind of cook a few things. You can repurpose and remake stuff midweek. And then by the end of the week, you're just making stir fries or super quick 30-minute meals without anything that's already pre-made. And so I think hopefully with these four weeks of meal plans and just showing people how, you know, my how I'm kind of thinking of, of planning the week, that people can kind of start doing that themselves. Or I also give tons of other ideas. Like if that is not your jam at all, like my whole thing is I have this defrost bowl in my fridge, and it literally is just a stainless steel bowl. And I have a ton of meat in my freezer just because I stock up whenever stuff is on sale. Mm -hmm. And so throughout the week, I'll just throw in stuff from my freezer. And so I cook whatever is defrosted. And that forces me, number one, it forces me to cook. And it forces me to not waste food. And I'm not going to be going and getting takeout or anything. But, you know, and it's simple things. It's like I always have ground beef. So I can always make a quick stir fry. I can make taco meat. I can, you know, make a quick soup. And so another section of our cookbook is we have a whole bunch of no recipe recipes that tell you what to do if you happen to have, you know, these things in your pantry or fridge. So we really are trying to make sure that nobody has any excuse to not cook. Like if you, like if you just have a can of just eggs and so there was a way to like set yourself up for success. Like just stock up on like pre-washed salad greens. You always have greens ready. Stock up your freezer with like frozen broccoli and mixed vegetables. So you have no excuse not to eat vegetables, you know, so there's just, there's no, there's no excuse. So I think another thing is your question was like, well, I'm not a good planner, but I think sometimes people use that as an excuse. Like I just, I have no time to like meal plan. So I'm just not going to do it. And I think you don't have to do that. You can just do like little things like, okay, I'm just going to do one day at a time. Today, I know that I've defrosted all this ground beef. I'm going to make this tonight for dinner. Or I've defrosted some fish fillets. I'm going to quickly poach them in some jarred marinara sauce. And that's what actually I'm having for dinner tonight. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so oh, that's right? awesome. <laughs> right? And so there's just things. And like, I know I have, you know, um, some broccoli in the fridge. I'll just roast that in the transfer oven and so those are just simple ways to just pair things together you just have to have like a protein vegetables and you're good to go so speaking of protein I you know read I just reread your book actually um, this past week and you were a vegetarian for many years until well, you... I was like I was a semi-vegetarian oh, like semi. I, I tried to yeah okay <laughs> I tried to be vegetarian and you know, I, I forced my husband to eat a lot of, you know, vegetarian stuff all the time, but I wasn't like a full on, I, I did it like, cause I, I thought it was healthier for me. Right. Um, so I would, you know, try to eat vegetarian all the time and I didn't eat a lot of red meat cause I thought it was bad for me. Right. But yeah. Did you eat <laughs> so like the tofu it? stuff and the soy stuff? Like did oh, you, did you eat those replacement foods or no? Yes, I Ugh. totally did. Like I ate all those like veggie burgers and all sorts of like the corn products. Yeah. 
And it used to make me sick and I couldn't understand why. I'm like, oh, this is so much healthier. And then I started eating, you know, real meat again too. And it was, it it was just so amazing. So can you remember like your first, maybe your first red meat, your steak that you started enjoying, what that was like? I think so. I mean, or, you know, kind of just eating it without like any guilt or anything. Yeah. I, I, I I totally remember. Like, I think, I think Henry went paleo first and he was like, well, this is what I've learned and I'm going to be doing this. And I was like, that is crazy. Like, you're going to totally get, you're going to have a heart attack and your cholesterol is going to get out of control. And, and I think he just felt so great and he didn't push it on me and he looked great. I was like, well, maybe I should try this because clearly what I'm doing isn't working and I'm miserable. And I think I had, I think we were out to dinner because this is before I was really cooking <laughs> and I ordered like short ribs, which normally I was like, whoa, short ribs. I I wouldn't touch that. And then I, I, I got it and I was like, gosh, this is so delicious. And I'm full. I'm like really satisfied and I'm full, like not crazy full. Like, you know, me just stuffing my face with like all this pizza, you know, mm-hmm. and having like foods without breaks. But I was like, wow, I'm full. And then I stayed full. And I was like, huh. And I didn't have all this weird gut stuff that I had my whole life. You know, like all the bloating and all this gut pain that I used to have. And I was like, huh, this is really interesting um, that I'm feeling really good, even though I'm eating stuff that everyone says is not what I should be eating. And so I think when that started happening, I was like, well, let's just see, because this is all just real food. And let's just see how I feel. And I just kept doing it, and I felt better, and my muffin top went away, and, mm-hmm. you know, I guess the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> so, now that actually brings up something kind of interesting to me personally, because other than fish and seafood, I actually don't eat meat. And it, not just from a health perspective, but, it, you know, because reasons. So let's just say, you know, somebody like me or, you know, for whatever reason, someone just chooses not to eat meat. Do you have any tips for, you know, if they would like to, well, first of all, I guess, is it even doable for someone who doesn't want to eat meat to to follow a paleo lifestyle? And if so, do you have any tips for someone who would want to do a, a more veggie-based paleo diet? Okay, so I think that's a great question because I think everyone always thinks that paleo is like this total meat fest, which it isn't. I mean, initially it might be just because a lot of people were like myself that didn't eat a lot of meat and they're like, oh, I can eat meat again. And I think initially when you start, some people kind of go overboard on meat and bacon because it's been so long. (laughs) Yes. But I think now... For me and for a lot of my friends who have been doing it for a while, we eat a ton of vegetables. And, you know, the meat is actually just kind of a small part of our plate. So I would say that two-thirds or three-quarters of my plate is filled with vegetables. And then, you know, the protein part is, you know, probably the size of my hand or my palm. And, you know, how that's different from when I wasn't paleo before is I probably – Three quarters of my plate was probably just whole grains and, you know, maybe a quarter of it was vegetables and a quarter of it was some sort of protein. (laughs) Oh, interesting. I ate a lot of grains. I used to be like a total low fat, high carb um, eater because in the 90s, that's what I was taught was like super healthy. Oh, yeah. 
So yep, avoid fat. I, yep. I totally think that you don't like if for whatever reason you don't want to eat red meat, that's totally not an issue. Like I think that you can totally be healthy by eating seafood and fish and eggs. Like you can get all the protein and all the nutrients, you know, as long as you're kind of eating kind of diverse seafood. Because I think like oysters and stuff and um, you know mollusks are probably some of the most nutrient dense foods out there. Um, really? And yeah, and I think if someone eats, you know, seafood and tons of vegetables, you're probably going to be healthier than a quote unquote paleo person that just eats like boneless, skinless chicken breast and, you know, some steamed broccoli. You know what I mean? And that's all they're eating and they're not having any variety. So I think as long as you kind of have a diverse protein source and diverse vegetables, which you can still get a ton of that if you're eating seafood and you know, eggs and, you know, if you eat poultry, I don't know if you eat poultry, but you can totally be kind of like a white meat <laughs> paleo person and be totally healthy. That's cool. So I know you said you used to work as a pharmacist and you obviously have mm-hmm. degrees in pharmacy. So mm-hmm. I was just thinking about like these two very different worlds that you have lived in, you know, where you're like eating paleo mm-hmm. and, um, you know, obviously paleo is, is very much into functional medicine and kind of healing yourself through your, through your food mm-hmm. and everything. And then, you know, being a pharmacist is, is very mm-hmm. much about treating with drugs. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what, can you talk a little bit about what it's like to kind of live in both of those worlds? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I um, worked in a hospital for 14 years. Um, Twelve of them was as the night shift pharmacist at a hospital. And people used to ask, like, do you feel like there's, you know, do you feel conflicted because you're working and you're, you know, dealing drugs and you're all talking about paleo? And, I'm, and I actually didn't see that kind of conflict because as the night pharmacist, you know, we were in charge of like all the meds for the hospital, but mostly it's for patients in the ICU or in the emergency department or in the OR. So they need those drugs to survive. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. like, you know, we're just counseling people to take, you know, this medication for their diabetes, but you can eat whatever you want kind of deal. Um, You know, these are Mm -hmm. life-saving medications that people need in a hospital. So I think there's definitely a place for that. I think the modern medicine there's a, there's a lot of things that are great about modern medicine. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, you know, their lives are better because of modern medicine. But I think at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that modern medicine can't cure or you can prevent having to, to you know, go down that route by just changing your lifestyle and changing the food that you eat. And I think I didn't realize that I had a lot more control over my own health and happiness. I think when I when I discovered paleo, I was in my mid-30s. We just had our second kid, and I just felt, like, terrible all the time. And I was like, oh, this is just part of, like, aging and having kids, and this is just what – this is just destiny. This is – I'm just following the path that just happens. And then I think when I discovered paleo and that food really does like the, the quality of food that you eat has a big impact on, on, on your life and just making sure you have enough sleep and managing stress and making sure that you have good relationships with, within your community. Like all those things are super important. And 
yes, modern medicine can prop someone up for a really, really long time. And I've seen that, you know, there are lots of patients in the hospital that Mm -hmm. are perfect examples of that. But, you know, there are things that you can do to, to kind of prevent that from happening right now. And I don't know, it was just this big kind of eye-opening thing where I'm like, oh my gosh, I can actually, I, I can, I can be more, more in control of my destiny. And I think I used to just believe whatever I read because, you know, that's, that's, that's what you're taught. And, you know, all the doctors are saying this, but then I would look around the hospital and I'd actually look at the doctors and like, gosh, these guys are like the cardiology attendings at this prestigious, you know, university hospital, and they don't look that healthy to me. Right. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Right. There's just all these things. And, and I don't think that they are, you know, I, I don't think that they're, you know, trying to hurt anybody. I just think this is just the medical establishment. This is what they've been taught and they don't really question it either. You know what I mean? And I don't know. It's just been a weird it's been a weird thing because when I first learned about paleo, I was super resistant. I was like, that just sounds crazy. And then, you know, my husband was like, but I feel so great. How can it be this crazy? And I was like, okay, you're right, I guess. Like, and that's how I felt with myself was like, I felt so great. And then I think I went to the doctor and I had my cholesterol done. And I think my total cholesterol was like close to 200, which is like, ah, this big warning for the doctor. But my, my HDL, which is the good cholesterol was really high, um, which is really great. And my LDL, which is the bad cholesterol was kind of borderline. Um, and my triglycerides were super low. And so all my doctor was focusing on was the fact that my total cholesterol was high or at that kind of borderline thing. And I was like, really? Because I feel really, really good, like better than I've ever felt. Yeah. And then when I, you know, was looking online and I talked to other docs who were, you know, like my CrossFit pals, they're like, oh, you know, you need to like, you know, ask them if they can do, you know, a particle size to check out your LDL or your bad cholesterol to see what type it is. Because it might be kind of the big fluffy kind that's benign. So even though the number looks high, it's really not that bad for you. And I'm like, okay. And so I, I asked for that test and it was the big fluffy kind. And so it's just kind of this weird thing. But my doctor was so obsessed with my numbers. She's like, well, you know, I don't even know what this particle size test is, but we'll do it. But, you know, if this doesn't change within a few months, I'm going to start you on statins. And I'm like, really? Cause yeah, I don't, wow. are you not listening to me? Like, I mean, it was just a weird kind of thing, but I was like, I know where she's coming from but it's just amazing that you yeah i don't know i no, I, I, have a, yeah. I have a very similar experience with cholesterol like when i was in my yeah. 20s like almost exactly and yeah they wanted to put me on some sort of drug and i i ended up taking it for a little bit and then i was like this just doesn't feel right and this was kind of before paleo was even a mm-hmm. thing so now and i just what, kind of don't worry about it i'm just like yeah i'm fine yeah i mean yeah. what's what's weird is i look at my labs from back when i was mostly vegetarian i was eating like all these whole grains and and eating a pretty high carb diet like my total cholesterol actually looked pretty good like number wise looked pretty good but like my hdl was always really low my triglycerides were really high but like my total cholesterol and my ldl were below whatever that cutoff is that kind of makes doctors notice it and I'm like, God, my numbers were so much worse, but they, but they kind of seem like they're okay and they wouldn't trigger any red flags. 
And it's just a weird, it's a weird thing. I mean, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, it almost feels like, and I think that's why people who go paleo get so into it and, you know, find their own tribe because it, it feels like we're in the matrix or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. And everyone else thinks we're crazy. So it's like, okay, I won't talk about this in real life. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So and this, which is one of the reasons why I found you. Like, cause, uh, you know, I, I looked for that reassurance. So you're both a foodie and a scientist, which is how you're kind of able to crack so many codes and create paleo versions of your favorite foods. Is there any dish out there you can't seem to make paleo yet, but it's on your bucket list to figure out? Oh, well, there's certain ones that I just won't even attempt. You know what I mean? Like there's just, there's just no way to make them. But I think most things that I really, really want to do I've kind of attempted and a lot of it is kind of Asian inspired food that we've had like when we've traveled but you know stuff like people like how how can you make a mac and cheese I was like you you can't make a mac and cheese (laughs) (laughs) right 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 pepperoni pizza no (laughs) right right you just you just can't I mean you can do pizzas and there are all those different crusts now like there are some people who made some really amazing grain-free pizza crusts I was like, but it's not quite the same. And no. like, with that cheese, it's not quite the same. But you can eat something else that is just as delicious and satisfying and will kind of hit all of the right notes. But it's because you're not expecting mac and cheese. <laughs> right. Yes. It's like a black bean burger is not a hamburger. No. It's right. really good, and I enjoy the hell out of it. But, right. I mean, it's I'm not going different. in thinking, gosh, this is going to be a big, juicy burger. Yeah. Right. So I think we will end with the question that we love to ask everyone who comes on the show, which is maybe like a little bit of window into your soul or at least into your last 24 hours. What is the last song that you listened to before you did this interview? Oh, um, no judgment. No, There's, no, no. I'm just, just safe. It's a safe space. <laughs> We've had answers of all kinds, believe me. I'm trying to think, because I know my kids play all sorts of terrible stuff all the time. <laughs> and so it must have been something that they played, because my younger son is really into basketball and into, like, hip-hop culture, so we have to get all this, like, clean versions of songs. But I think in terms of me and what I was probably listening to is it's probably a Glitch Mob song, because whenever I'm doing work and I need to be in the zone, I will turn on the Glitch Mob, because it's perfect for like flow work for me. What's glitch mob? In practice. Yeah, I'm like I'm gonna need to look up and play that immediately. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, glitch mob is like is like I guess electronic dance music. Like I'm probably way too old to be listening to the glitch mob. But um, <laughs> they <laughs> they have really great music to like exercise to and to for me to do work to. So excellent. I want to try mob. it for a workout and working. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Michelle, Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really loved having you on. Love this show? Tell us why in a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read it on the air. Also, make sure you are a subscriber. If you want to reach out to say hi or have a question about a recent episode, yay, well, feel free to email us at podcast at fitbottomgirls.com. And if this podcast jives perfectly with your brand, consider sponsoring the show. Get more info by emailing advertising at fitbottomgirls.com. Find all kinds of Fit Bottom goodness online and on social media at Fit Bottom Girls, Fit Bottom Mamas, Fit Bottom Eats, and Fit Bottom Zen. 
And if books and movies are your thing, check out the other podcast I co-host called Book vs. Movie, which you can find anywhere where you search for podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.